Hi, I'm Ben Richardson, and you're listening to the Karate Podcast, where we talk about karate, the competitive sport of Kumite, and the warrior's journey. Brought to you in association with Kumite Coach, the world's first progressive online high-definition coaching platform, created by coaches and fighters for coaches, fighters, and students of karate. Join KumiteCoach.com today and take your karate to the next level. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Karate Podcast. Really excited today because we have with us Jordan Thomas, who is incredibly both WKF, European and world champion. Jordan is leading the way for British karate athletes everywhere, showing us what is possible as he sets his sights on the Olympic Games to come. So Jordan, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, Jordan, could we just start off by asking you about uh, your beginnings in karate and what experiences led you to, you know, starting out the sport? Yeah, so I was around about four years old. Um, My dad was a world champion. And um, so I kind of naturally followed in his footsteps. Um, So I was probably one of them little toddlers running about, uh, kicking and punching. Um, But yeah, officially, I think when I put on a karate suit and on a white belt, I was about four years old. Um, Yeah, to start my traditional karate, um, to to climb up the the ranks, the grading ranks. Um, Yeah, so, and you know, my dad was in the golden, one of the, oh, what do I have in there? Um, yeah, my dad was in a golden era. Um, so he, uh, you know, was his teammates uh, were very close to me um, who had world titles, uh, like Mervyn Etienne, uh, who's my godfather, uh, Wayne Otto, um, Mike Selzman. Um, I, can, I can carry on. The list, the list is endless. Um, and these people I call uncles. So these are the people I was looking up to and, you know, contributed to my journey. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and looking back, did you always know that you were going to go into karate as a, a full-time profession or uh, even kumite for that matter? Was, was there a turning point for you that stands out in your memory? I always loved to have the thought I could always go full-time, but uh, my generation didn't have that luck um, due to funding. So I wasn't always full-time. Um, I, I was even up until, when, even when I became world champion, I was still working yeah. um, part-time. So um, I was, you know, and it, it was only my second, my second world medal at the World Games. Uh, I've got a World Game Silver, uh, who Paul, Paul Newby coached me there. Um, yeah, and it was only then we heard about any UK sport funding um, towards this Olympic journey. Um, so yeah, quite quite happy about that. Um, that you know, my dream come true. Yeah, and le- leading up, leading up to, uh, we'll, we'll get into those events in a bit. But if we if we step back again a bit further, what what age? Did you start to take competition seriously or was it something that you always just from the word your first competition it was serious for you yeah i was do you know i was, I was very competitive from from young um i loved competing 
Um, I did play football as well. Um, right. And I did play basketball with my friends as well. And, you know, I was just competitive um, and I didn't like losing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was always looking for the next competition. I, I think I got my first British, I got a British silver when I was 10, about 10 years old. And then I won the English championships when I was about 12. Um, and I, I, you know, I always won the, the English and British championships during my youth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I had that background to keep me motivated. I knew I had the talent and I knew I could go forward. And, you know, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed competing. I love, I loved the sport. So it was very easy, easy for me uh, to go, go forward with it. Okay, and did, did your goals change over time or did you always have one one kind of main focus for what you were doing? I guess younger, you maybe not as focused, but... Yeah, well, if, yeah, you, you know, at four years old, you would ask me, uh, what did I want to be? And the answer you would have got was world champion. You know, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, remember that like, I was, I kind of, you know, grew up with seeing world champions uh, from Vic Charles, Jeff Thompson. Um, these guys are, are part of my legacy, you know, uh, who passed that their formula onto my dad and then my dad came to me. So I'm like very much like the third generation yeah. um, of, of that, that legacy. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I always wanted to be world champion. I've always said I will be world champion uh, right up to the, the, the seconds before I became world champion. Fantastic. And I think it's quite interesting because obviously, you know, your, your dad is famous in karate uh, twice, I think, world champion, twice European champion. Um, for some people, that could be, uh, you know, something that they feel a lot of pressure from. Have, have you ever felt that as a as pressure or has it just been inspiration for you? I think maybe oh, when I was younger, I felt the pressure maybe because... Um, I was always William, William Thomas's son. Yeah. Um, and as soon as you, you hear the Thomas name, you're like, right, let's watch him. Let's see if he's, you know, see what he's got. Um, and I always thought I had something to prove, but it very much, um, I got nurtured, you know, just focusing on my own journey that kind of quickly changed um, yeah. because, because of how much I enjoyed it. Um, it. You know, my dad was a very good, great, he grew as a coach as well. Um, and he and the focus was on me, and uh, it was very easy for me to put the horse blinkers on and uh, concentrate on me. Fantastic! Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, and being the person, I mean, I, I I came into the EKF very late on because I was from um, a traditional Shotokan background, uh, Karate Union of Great Britain originally, and then we transferred over to uh, JKS, uh, where Matt Price became my coach, and that's when I found just really discovered the EKF at that point. Um, but I remember people going, oh, that's Jordan Thomas over there. You know, you should watch him. <laughs> <laughs> How did you deal with that at competition? Because you're obviously quite a name. You've, you've been winning for a long time. Again, did you did you put that out of your head or is it something you used to, you know, push you on in a, in a tournament? What's the deal with that? Well, especially in, in Great Britain, it's um, for me, like I say, I've always been one of the favourites going into a competition. So as soon as I've got, even like, you know, 11 years old, 12 years old, I was always one of the favourites to, to, you know, go and win it. Um, so that that's, you, you know, it's always like, because I'm quite used to it, I kind of write, okay, 
um, are going to autopilot auto mode and it's not a thing all what matters is that map that eight by eight map um that's something that's been drummed in into me uh from my dad uh from paul newbie is something like we've always said all what matters is on what's on that mat that eight by eight meter mat and not what not everything else like um you know uh the crowd doesn't matter the rest doesn't matter the the clock doesn't matter the slipping mats doesn't matter but all what matters is getting a job done yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of people could could learn from that because, you know, the, the, the mental aspect of competing is huge for, for many people. Um, I think particularly people who are new, new to the, the competitive scene, you know, and like you've just mentioned, I, I remember time and time again, people saying, oh, the mats are slippy today, the mats are slippy, mm -hmm. you know, or so-and-so is at this tournament or this referee's on that mat. Have you got any advice around comp around that sort of aspect of the game for people coming through? Yeah, as soon as you start focusing on other things, and and to be honest with you, that's just being human, right? Uh, getting all these negative thoughts coming into your head, that's just being human. But um, it's it's learning how to to deal with that and turn all of that into positives, and um, you just focus on the things that you can control. Because um, as soon as you come outside that little bubble then that's when the distractions happens and that's when your performance comes down. Um, so it's very important you focus on the job um, and what you can control and what you can do. Because um, the other person is probably not thinking about, you know, what you're thinking. So he's yeah. thinking about how to take you out. Um, so, you know, you've got to make sure you just think, go in yourself and um, yeah, just focus on the things that you can do. What aspects of your of your competition do you feel that uh, you can control that fighters should focus on, you know, to give them that steadier mindset? Yeah, so I know I can control um, the outcome um, of my performance. I know I can give 100%. I know as soon as I go in there, I can follow a game plan from my coach. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it's very easy for me to... Um, to follow and just get the job done. It's like, how, how can I put it? A surgeon, mm -hmm. um, you know, if something goes wrong in the operating room and he comes out and you ask him, oh, um, what, how, how comes you made a mistake? And the surgeon goes, oh, you know, I was feeling a bit ill today. Would you accept that excuse? The answer is no. It's the same thing. You still yeah. have a job to do and you've got to execute it. So um, I've won on a bad day and I've, uh, and I've lost on a good day. And that's just how it is. So it, it does very much come down to the job. Yeah. And how, how do you go away from those matches when, you know, does winning or losing have a different impact upon you um, as you go back to the training area? Yeah, 100%. Um, but it's definitely about your circle um, and who, you know, you have to be quite close of who you let in um, and the people, you know, it's all about the, the energies and you're very much, you're very much the, the people you surround yourself with. Um, so, you know, you go back, if everybody's on the same page, we, uh, we go back, we, we evaluate, and we go forward, win or lose, we're looking to get better, we're looking to correct, and we're always looking to push.
and that's it. And and personally, how you know if you've had a couple of losses at tournaments in a row, does that have any impact on you um, in terms of your uh, self belief or anything like that, or, or do you manage to brush that to one side? It is very hard, very hard. I'm human, um, so it is very hard. Um, but I'm not scared of losing, and if I do lose. There are responsibilities on me. And that's something that I do do is take responsibility. That's the first thing. I take responsibility for my loss. It's my journey. And um, I choose how to go forward. It's, you know, I can sit and reflect on my loss or I can choose right, how can I correct this and uh, turn them, them losses into wins. Yeah, fantastic. What role do um, other people play or have played in your development so far? Um, so, again, uh, my dad, Mervin Etienne, um, he's a, a neuro coach, um, neurofeedback. Uh, so I can, uh, so basically helps me to get into the right zones at the right time. Um, Paul Newby, um, he's always been around. He's always whipped me into shape. Uh, when I've been told that I'm unfit, I've been, you know, I always used to go up there for a couple of weeks and he would, he would make sure that I'm ready to, to go to the championships fit um, because my style of fighting requires fitness. Um, so that's that's one of the essential essential things for me. Um, so yeah, Paul Newby um, is a great coach, but also uh, right now I'm quite lucky enough to have um, a whole team behind me. So I have a nutritionist, um, lifestyle coach, media manager, doctor, physio, um before i've got a performance director uh, athlete manager um yeah and uh you know i've i've got all these services that helps me to, obviously to go forward and reach my goal which at the moment is tokyo 2021 now yeah that's amazing i mean that, that's a huge amount of people to be working with um is that a, a new headspace for you in terms of having that many people surround you yeah so from us I've been working with uh, Team GB UK Sport and lot uh, the lottery funding uh, for since 2017. Right. Um, so I've been Happy. able to get them them services since then. Um, like I say, I did. I I was working right up until my second world medal. Um, so I was up against these full time athletes, mm. and then having to come back and deal. Um, literally come back to reality and work the, literally the next day as soon as I land, next day I'm at work uh, <laughs> um, but all, all my money went on my sport because um, I believed um, I, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to, to spend that money it was quite easy because I believed in my ability and I, I believed um, what, I could, what I can do yeah and what was it like trying to fit your um, training around your job and things like that? So firstly, I, I got a job that was very easy for me to, um, to train and, and kind of supported my needs as well. Um, so I worked in a sports centre. Um, I'm, I'm a qualified personal trainer and fitness instructor. So I ran uh, fitness classes. Um, I was a sports centre assistant, so I had casual hours there as well. Um, but also it was very quiet as well. So sometimes I could sneak in the gym. Um, sometimes when there's big gaps in the day where there's nobody there, 
Um, somebody might come down and train with me um, or there might be a day free and I had access to facilities that allowed me to train um, with training partners or in the gym. Um, mm. And also the company, uh, the school that I was working at uh, and the sports center, uh, um, they knew what journey I was on. They supported me and they allowed me to take time off and they liked the fact that I was bringing back achievement because it reflected on that, that um, their, their company, their, their school, the sports center and everything, so. And how, how is your, because um, I think of, you know, a typical, uh, a typical karate kid from a club who might train twice a week, three times a week, maybe four, four sessions a week. You know, they're competing on a domestic circuit. How does your uh, training level compare to maybe what, what's out there for most people? Yeah, so I started from when I was like 16. I went to, um, I went to Oakland's College, which, held, uh, which was in St. Albans. Yeah. Um, and um, they have an elite performance academy. So, um, and I was a part of the basketball academy later on as well. So I was there for four years. So that allowed me to learn as a student athlete. So whilst I was getting my academic qualifications, I was also in an elite performance academy learning how to train um, with the right coaches, um, doing my uh, track sessions, doing my strength and conditioning, uh, getting seminars of my nutrition. Um, so as soon as I left college, I knew what coaches that I needed to carry this athlete life out. So when I went into work, I wasn't, um, I wasn't stupid enough that I knew it all. Yeah. So yes, I had my karate. Actually, I probably trained karate less than other people because I just didn't have access. So I probably trained two to three times a week karate, um, sport karate. Yeah. And the rest of it was uh, making sure that I was in physical shape. Um, so I, had, I went to go and find an SSC coach um, who, um, was, who I, who I know, who I knew and wanted to help me, uh, and support my journey. I went to go and find my track coach. Um, I went to go and find a neuro, uh, psychologist as well. Um, so I, I was doing all the things that I needed to do as a, uh, whilst I had my work, but I also knew what I needed to do and what coaches I needed to see. So I always made time and, um, scheduled in, uh, other training sessions as well so you know I was trying to tick the boxes even though I didn't have the time <laughs> yeah that's amazing that you you had that much insight into what was required to perform at that level definitely yeah yeah um and yeah so I, I got sent in the right direction um you know um my dad sent me to Oakland's college because of all of the because he all all of the things that was available yeah. Um, so, and I was surrounded by other athletes, 100 meter sprinters, bobslayers, uh, golfers, um, and obviously being in a team environment when I went onto the basketball academy for two years, um, I was surrounded by, you know, probably a group of 20 athletes um, yeah. who are training and studying at the same time with their own goals. So it was very easy for me to think, right, what do I want? And I, you know, at the time I was, you know, I wanted to be world champ. I wanted to be national champion. I wanted to be British champion. Um, but also I wanted to be the strongest. I wanted to be fittest and I wanted to be the fastest. So that I had to tick the boxes. 
Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And how how does how's how have things shifted now? You're full time at the um, Olympic Performance Center. What's your typical day look like? Do you have a typical day, or does it change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do have a typical day. So I train two to three times a day. Um, so I'm always starting with the strength and conditioning in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I go in about well I'll, okay i start let me start right at the beginning i get up at like 7 seven thirty, a couple of hours before i go to training to get the motor running um because you know i want to go in fresh i want to go in active i've already been up um so i can attack i can be sociable as well um and clear-minded so i can do some affirmations as well in the morning um some meditation some stretching um and then i go on to, to, to training, um, to my SNC, whether it's strength, where it's conditioning, which is obviously governed by a strength and conditioning coach uh, yeah. from the English Institute of Sport. Um, then uh, I go on, if I have any niggles or um, I go into uh, my rehab session to, to make sure that, you know, the injuries that I do have, they repair properly or protection for my next session. Um, or even strengthening, strengthening the core muscles that need to be activated for my karate session. Yeah. So then I go on to my karate session, which is with Paul Newby, um, who's my coach. And um, we do one to two karate sessions um, uh, a day. So yeah, that's a, that's a typical day for me. And then when I come home, home is very much a switch off for me. Um, I've got my little puppy, I've got my fiance, um, and I try and just enjoy home life. Yeah, fantastic. Um, where, where does the cold, the cold water training come in? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the start. So that's a new routine for me. Uh, I'm putting in for routine. So it's um, seven o'clock. And I normally meet up, or no, 6.30. I'll meet up with somebody um, and we'll, uh, just one, one other because that's the that's the regulations now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll meet up and we'll go to a lake, um, open water lake, and uh, sometimes I, I remember my first. Well, I remember the first time I went. It was on the way. It started snowing, and I was <laughs> like, I was just thinking to myself, what What am I doing here? You know, like what am I doing? Um, so yeah, I don't know if you've heard of like the Hof uh, training. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's got so many benefits. Um, so it's something that I want to add to my routine because I want to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, I want to improve, you know, improve my focus, um, develop breathing techniques, um, and also some scientific benefits as well. It can build your immune system and and everything. So. Um, yeah, so I'm very much, this is very much a new thing, um, but I'm very excited uh, to carry this on. Yeah, fantastic. I, I do a little bit myself, um, just my brother-in-law started the Wim Hof a, a couple of years back. Wow. Um, I've only just started it in the last month, I think, now a month. How are you, how are you finding it? It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I feel very energized afterwards, you know. Yeah. Very, very, I thought it was interesting when you mentioned it at the um, training event the other day. Yeah. I thought, oh man, that's yeah. crazy. But wait, yeah. it's it's good for like um, injuries as well. Mm. Uh, so if you have any like niggles or inflammation, 
Um, you you go in there, it, it helps. It's you know, it has so many so many health benefits as well. It's you know, it's it's great. That's 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 why I was excited to do it. Not not you know, I I enjoy it after. I would after, say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, during's a different different Yeah, spot. yeah, exactly. Oh fantastic. Um, okay. Um, has there been any unexpected moments you can recall either in training or competition that challenged your understanding of how good you were at karate? Would say that say the question again, please. Any any unexpected moments either in training sessions or competition that challenged your understanding of how good you thought you were at karate? Okay. Yeah. So you're saying like uh if you're in a fight and then maybe you had a, a win or a loss and that made you re reassess, you know, what right. level you're at or yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%, um, just creating these pressurized situations, you know, sometimes when you're, you're tired and, and you come in and you've had maybe a tough day, um, but then you've got someone fresh standing in front of you and you're getting hit like 10 times and you're just yeah. like getting knocked about, um, yeah, you know, sometimes um, you definitely have, like, yeah, you definitely get checked. So I think in a fighting game, you always get checked yeah. um, to see where, where you are. Like, I think that, that's why I love it, um, because it keeps, you have to be disciplined, mm -hmm. very disciplined. And um, yeah, you always get checked and uh, you kind of have to reevaluate, okay, why, why was I feeling like that? one um you know you have to get to the bottom of that what went why you know where am i at and and also create your goals you know you got your goals already and you kind of have to look at your goals and you kind of have to check where you are uh, yeah. along that you got you got to evaluate you got to go over it you you've got to see where you are so um yeah you, I, you know i always get challenged uh, but that's that's the fun of it right uh <laughs> that's the fun of it push it pushing yourself and really but it's like I, I i would definitely say this um i knew i was world champion before i became world champion that's definitely right. um you do a lot of visu visualization around that i've done a lot of visualization um a lot of visualization uh, i actually worked with a guy called alan witten uh fighter's mind and he, he done a little like hip hypno um therapy um, but a lot of that was surrounded with like visualization. So I had a lot of things um, like that, but it was almost, uh, I knew, but everybody else didn't know. Like I, so that just didn't, didn't really matter to me, but I knew, uh, you know, late earlier that year, um, I knew, well, I knew two years before. Uh, when, I, when I lost for bronze medal in 2014, yeah. at the world challenge two nil up and then i lost i think five two in the end yeah. um and i remember coming off and i was nearly crying i said to my dad i said look, my dad looked at me he was like why why are you crying for oh, i looked at him i went dad i'm the best in the world and i'm like can you imagine I, I lost and i came off and i said dad i'm the best in the world and he just looked at me he went well you gotta wait two years for that <laughs> and then and just walked off. <laughs> just like, right, okay. But that's that 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 really um sat with me for two years. 
Mm. Um, and when the two years come, like when the uh, new year, I think the first of January, um, I put uh, what was it? it was, I put time for uh, the year of business because I knew like a year of business and the world championship year, the year of business, and I kind I knew. So I put that as a Facebook status. And then 2016 European champs, I got a bronze medal um, where I felt that I should have been in the final in that tournament, but I still came well with medal. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, amazing. And um, yeah, later on that, later on that year, I kind of just, I just knew the way of fighting. I was even like injured about three weeks before, but I just, I just knew. I was the best in the world. The way I was eating, the way I was sleeping, the way I was talking to people, the way I was warming up, the way I was, uh, you know, fight, the way I was fighting prior to, to the championships. Um, I, I went in and it was almost, you got to take that off me. <laughs> I, am, I am the champion. It wasn't, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. How does that mindset feel right now as you're heading towards the Olympics? It's very much, it's very much the same. It's very much the same. Um, you know, one thing with me, um, you always get the best Jordan Thomas, whether I am injured uh, and whether I'm fit. Um, it, for me, it, re I, it really, I really don't care. Um, I will give my, I really, I will really give my best um, at every second and there's one thing that I, I know what if I was talking to future Jordan um, and after the qualification tournament into the Olympics I was like oh, you know I, how did you get there and I, I kind of visualized him saying I just done my best <laughs> and, my, and his best was good enough yeah. so I'm, I'm going to connect future Jordan with present Jordan and we're going to do it together that's awesome. That is fantastic. It's great to hear that. Um, when you when you were competing, you're at a tournament. Um, like I guess from the 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 day you wake up on tournament day, does your state of emotion change as you go through the day? Do you feel differently that day to other days? It's very much. Um, it's time. That's it. As soon as I like wake up that day. Uh, it's definitely time to go. It's time for battle. So everything I do, like, is is about getting myself into the zone, ready for that time. So mm. whether it's saving mental energy and not thinking about the competition, um, not thinking about the fights, then that's what I've got to do um, to save that mental energy until Hajime. Yeah, you know, um, and and that's when the the zone changes and the adrenaline state comes, and I'm ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I am very much um, look at the score sheet at all ever, like the the draw sheet. Sorry, do you ever look at that? Or do you yeah, so the draw sheet normally comes out the night before. Um, I'm a person you you know I don't need to know who I'm fighting the night before. Um, tell me five minutes before or 10 minutes before when I've got my karate suit on um, because I'm ready to fight anyone. I've warmed up, got my karate suit on, who's in front of me, what's the plan, let's go and do it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I haven't got any superstitions. I chuck my pads on any single way, put my pads on, my gear, 
You know, even when I won the World Championships, my karate bottoms was back to front. That's just me. <laughs> uh, honestly. <laughs> You know, um, I remember uh, going out to the Europe, my European final and my dad looked at my belt and was like, you can't go out like that. And so he took off my belt and done my belt for me. You know, like, that's it, you know, that's, you know, I've had so many experiences like that. Um, Paul will make you laugh about when we went to World Games and, you know, went, went to World Games. And uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there. Sorry, my dog's getting there. That's oh, right. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there with Paul and I'm getting, I've got a chiropractor, I click in my back um, and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, I forgot something. What have I forgot? I'm in the World Games right now, right? We're in Poland. Yeah. What have I forgot? And, uh, th th you know, I've, oh, no, I've, uh, uh, Paul, I, I forgot my body armor. I went, oh, right, we'll just go back to the hotel and get it. I went, no, I forgot he was back in England. <laughs> so he was like, right, okay. So now he's running around trying to find the body armor for me. Uh, so he gets a brand new body armor for me. And then uh, I have like the new red and blue uh, karate suits on right now because it just came, it came into uh, the Premier Leagues. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't know it wasn't meant to be for the World Games. So I've got these red and blue stripes on me and uh, I'm now walking about, warming up in, in, the, in, the blue, in the blue or the red Adidas. Brand new suit, you know, feeling good. Paul, looks, Paul said that he was sitting in, in the world going, he's like, nobody's wearing the new Adidas or the blue straps or red. No one's got that gear. What's going on? So he went to the referee. <laughs> He went to the referee, he's like, is, that, is it allowed? He went, no. So now, <laughs> Paul's now running, Jordan, have you got another gear? Have you got another gear? And I went, yeah, I've got a spare gear. Um, and luckily I had a plain one, but then I had to get the chiropractor to use his, um, to use the needle and thread to sew the patch on my back. Oh, um, so yeah, so I'll give, you know, but that's just me. Like, uh, wow. there's always something, there's always something. And, and, and through this, I'm very calm as well. I'm very laid back. So <laughs> Paul's all nervous and got all his anxiety. But me, uh, I was just like, oh, right, okay. It's just, uh, you know, I, I forgot it. That's it. Uh, you know, I got another gear. That's all right. You know what I mean? The chiropractor, it, it looks a bit scruffy, but, you know, <laughs> let's get it on. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, okay. Uh... <laughs> Um, could you describe how it feels to have the clock running down in a fight and does it matter to you whether you're in front or behind or I mean not not does that matter because obviously you want to win but is there a difference in your mindset when you're ahead or behind at that time um, yeah definitely um, the, you, you let the training take over um, what you've trained you know how if you're up what do you need to do to win if you're down, um, sorry, yeah, sorry, if you're up, what, um, yeah, how, how do I keep holding that win? Yeah. And if you're down, how do I win? Um, and, and there's very much the training, what, you know, let the instincts take over, let the game plans take over. And um, yeah, that's, it's, again, it goes back to the thing, it's a, it's a job and um, I know what to do to, to get that back, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, it's almost staying composed um, either way. You know, you just, just keep focus on the job at hand and executing. Yeah. Um, with your with your incredible competition record, um, what what's the the highlight for you? Is it is it the world championship that you won? Is that the the, the point where you think, wow, I can't believe I did that? Or is there another tournament that you know you had that feeling? Um, I'll I'll say that I had a few um, highlights, but I think that obviously the world winning the world champs, just having that dream and it's finally came uh, and I stood up at number one, at number one on the top of the rostrum. Um, it's just an un unbelievable moment. Um, and especially being at the time, well, still, still now I was like the first world champion in 12 years yeah, uh, in WKF. So it was, it was very much a, a historic moment. Um, and I would very much say, you know, everyone looks at my 8-0 win um, at, in that final. Um, but for me, scoring scoring the points wasn't an issue for me on that whole championships. Oh so, it's okay? So my kids are on FaceTime. <laughs> no way. Ah, can't move the Zoom thing. Sorry about that. That's all right. No I'll worries. Edit. I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't think that'll go too well. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, for me, it wasn't really, um, it, it wasn't it hard for me to score points. So, I, from like round number one, I had Austria, home nation, and we fought two weeks before at um, Basel, just an uh, open in Switzerland. And it was a hard fight and, you know, a very physical fight. And he felt like he had something to choose, uh, prove. And I reckon uh, he probably wanted to put something in my mind for when we go into the world champs and then look at the draw about, again, like probably 20 minutes before. And uh, I find out I have Austria. And I think, you're right, okay, not this time. Not this time. This is my time. Like you know, and I went yeah. out there, and the first, the first technique I threw and scored was a spinning back kick, right. and I threw him out the area, um, and then I think I ended up winning that that fight four nil against the home nation. And then the next fight, I have Brazil, and Brazil, um, Brazil was current ranks number one. Also, he was the guy I lost to bronze med for bronze medal two years before and like I said to you that fight that person was in my head uh <laughs> for two years <laughs> you know so um you know and I ended up winning that fight eight nil um I took out the rank number one in eight nil so already then um I had scored 12 points yeah going on to the third fight against Portugal um I then, uh, I won 3-1. I was 1-0 down, came back 3-1. And then I had Morocco. And Morocco, um, you know, took it to me. I actually was 5-0 down. Wow. Um, that's what, yeah, so it's that, you know, I was 5-0 down. And um, I remember when that last point went in, 
I just looked at I just went, oh, okay, I just got to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, I was really upset with myself. I let him get so far in front. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I ended up winning that fight, 10 fight. Wow. Um, yeah. Turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, massive, and and that was that was a a great. I think um, I was five nil down, and then I hit him with a spinning uh, ura, um, Joe down to the to the head, yeah. a, uh, spinning hook kick, uh, and then um, I was just climbing back after that, um, and then I had Venezuela. Now Venezuela was Pan American champion. Uh, we never fought before. Um, so I kind of didn't know, I and mean, we was uh, two different pools. So this was like uh, the, the semi-final now, and I've got uh, Venezuela. We don't know, and um, yeah, he he then uh, took it to me, and yeah, I ended up on top, winning four nil. Um, so you know, and then obviously the final, yeah. the Hungarian, he was ranked number two in the world, and I beat him eight <laughs> nil. So you know, it's very much. Um, it was very much a mindset thing, but I wasn't scared of scoring points. That's what I was just trying to get across. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. I knew going into that, that final fight, I can score points. Whether I'm down, I can climb it back. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the scary thing. You might, you might be up, but I know I'm scoring points and it's, I, I'm just going to make, I'm going to upset your plans. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's incredible. What what a, what a tournament. Um, so how close do you feel you are to being the fighter you believe you can become? I definitely think um, physically uh, and mentally, I am at my peak. Right. Um, I'm, I'm 29 in March. And I haven't felt this strong before. I haven't felt this mature in the game before as well so even though i'm world champion and when i w became european champ um i still very i was still tw i was 22 when i won the euros 24 when i won the worlds um i was very much still young and learning the process but now uh i know the fight i know uh, i'm a main player in the game and um yeah i am i'm, I'm, I'm just even on a bad day one to watch out one one to watch out for so um yeah i'm i'm glad that it's it's nice to feel like this and now i understand um when the oldest used to say to me it's nice uh and they can just compete and it it doesn't take that much mental energy i understand what they're saying now because i understand the game i know what i have to do and that's why sometimes it can be very frustrating when it doesn't come off yeah. when you don't pull it off yeah. And um, obviously, you're you're kind of leading the way for British fighters right now, um, showing them you know what is possible with putting that work in. What what do you feel are the main challenges that other uh, top fighters in the UK are facing right now? Um, so funding uh, is definitely one thing, something that I went through. Um, you know, to make a living, people have to live, um, and people have to put food in their mouths. Yeah. Um, so they have that stress as well. And I know that how that, that feels as well. Um, so that, that's one of the big challenges, but if you can find a way, um, to, to be able to combine the two, um, as stress-free possible, it will help very much. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's, uh, 
the um, COVID times. Um, so it's very difficult to, to get out um, and keep active. But if I had to, to give my advice as well, because um, I was locked down in, uh, for the first lockdown, I was very much inside. Yeah. Um, it's keeping a routine, keeping your circle close, educating yourself on new things, getting that right. So when it is time to come back, you're in a good position to return. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, the golden age of karate for you know Britain, which was back when, when your dad was fighting people like Jeff Thompson were fighting as well. How, how do you see British karate right now? Um, you know, where, where do you think we are with our karate and um, what, what's the future holding for us? You know, one thing that, because it hasn't, uh, we, we're not funded, one thing you're seeing right now is the people competing, they're doing it for the love. Uh, they're doing it for the passion. And that's, that's the start. Um, I do think, um, you know, we, we, we come up against a lot more challenges um, right now because we are not funded and we haven't got all these training facilities handed to, to all of us as, as a team. Um, so it, it, it is diff more difficult to go out and fight these full-time athletes. So that is one of the challenges where they had a good team. They had depth um, in the golden area. You know, one, will drop uh, one person will drop out and the number two will come in and win the world champs. That's what we haven't got at the moment. We, yeah. have, our, we have potential, we have talent um, and that has to be nurtured. Um, so you know, um, that's one thing that we have to push for. Um, we need people to believe in themselves, you know, stick with it, don't doubt yourselves. And, uh, you know, that's what we need. And, and the more and more people that we have, um, it, it will just strengthen the, uh, just the team in general. Fantastic. Uh, Jordan, it's been really fantastic talking to you it's been a real privilege to have some of your time and thank you for sharing your experiences with us i think you're an amazing ambassador for the sport um you know and i wish you all the best for the olympics and the future to come thanks so much for uh joining us today no, i really appreciate it ben honestly thank, thank you thank you for having me